The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you. Good Monday. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Michael Govier. It is the weekly breakdown at the trainer's table with Dr. David M. Meyer. Uh, I'm just going to stop using the initials either way. He's Dr. David Meyer. If there's other David Meyers out there, I'm sure you're good people. But this is my, this is my David Meyer right here. My kind of guy. David, it's Monday afternoon. We are in the dog days of August. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, I tend to get a little second wind towards the end of the season, especially the end of the baseball season. I always got that when I was down there in Jupiter with the cards. I always felt like, ah, the end is in sight. I actually loved August. Really? Yeah. Yeah. July was rough because we went through extended spring training, spring training, the draft. The draft is really tough when you're in the medical side because you got to shuffle all those players through all those, all that testing. So August came and I was like, oh, a few more weeks. Then you get fall instructs, right? So, but anyway, yep. I'm feeling good though right now. Yeah, that's no. fascinating stuff. See, not watching much that. baseball though. Although I saw the Mets got swept by the Phillies and I see that we got some, uh, some players to talk about there. So, oh boy. Yeah. The Mets were never really going to win the division. That was always a pipe dream. They really, I mean, their run differential and all the injuries they had, the fact that they had the record they had for a lot of the season was quite impressive. And frankly, I think it was just kind of luck-based. Or maybe they gave everything they possibly could squeeze out of all the players that have come through that roster this season. But the Braves and Phillies do have more talent than them, I think. Right. Now. I mean, when I look back at like Hallmark years with the Mets, you look at a 2006, uh, early 2000s, they they're not nearly the team that they even were in, in, in those types of moments with that type of offense they had. Yeah, I, I agree. 
watching them this year, they were overachieving. Well, of course, you can uh, follow David on Twitter, on Instagram, at Injured to Elite. He has his own podcast, Injured to Elite. It's a really good podcast. I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that you check it out. David does so many different things related to helping people with rehab and even the mental health side of the game to a certain extent, which he's kind of trying to improve on, right, David? That's the that's the big piece there. But really taking all the different angles, like I had a dentist come on talking about how airway obstruction can really impede recovery. How many people do you know with apnea, you know? And so oh, really interesting stuff. I mean, we all think about just, yeah, eat healthy and go to the gym or something. And I'm trying to really kind of unpeel the onion in terms of the mental side and also some of the non-traditional things we don't always think about. But, you know, I want before we jump in the list, I want to get a little feedback. What are people... What are, how are they feeling about the trainer's table and what can we what can we give the audience in terms of this whole side that I bring? What, 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 what's anything real quick before we jump into it? I would love that. Please drop your feedback in the live stream right here. We got some people that are definitely live. So if there's something you'd like to hear or someone else you'd like us to be talking about a different angle, please let us know. You can let us know throughout the entire show here in the live stream comments. You can ask us about any player. We'll try to do our best to also offer any advice that we can. So please, right. please, please, we welcome your feedback. Don't be shy, guys. Be shy. It's okay. It's okay. This is a safe place to talk. By the way, the sleep apnea thing you just mentioned, I watched something last night on Reggie White, and that was part of what ended up killing him. He had he did have a interesting disease called the Sardocus disease or something like that, where it affects the lungs, but sleep apnea was a part of his problem. Couldn't he end up dying from a heart attack, but it was related to that. So it just made me think about that. And that yeah. guy was a, a stud athlete, and he died at 43. And it's not just directly from the apnea. I mean, you'll wake up in the middle of the night, but what can happen is it impairs every other system. So yeah, yeah, breathing's important. <laughs> what? And yeah, what all these players do? That. They throw tobacco in their mouths, and you know, talk about these ball players. They got a lot of them have anyway. That's a good anyway. point. Very good point. Anyway. All right, so of course we're Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast on Twitter, two wheels, two Z's. All right, let's dive into our first injury. Am I hitting the wrong button? God darn it! <laughs> it was Tetris. Man, I am clearly Mario, just not. That? Yeah, that was my fault. I'm sorry, guys. That's what happens sometimes when I produce and talk at the same time. I try to do the best. Anyways, Plausible Podcast on Twitter, even on Instagram a little bit too. We try to do that as best we can. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. There's Gary. Give me two. Thank you, Gary. All right, let's dive into it. Remember, you can drop your questions in the live stream. What do you want from us? We are here to serve you. Don't forget that. Javi Baez has lip hip tightness. Hmm. So did he miss any time or just that's yesterday? Well, yeah, he got pulled and this is fresh. This is fresh. So we don't know if he's going to be out for a while or not. But at this time, it was in the fifth inning leading off. He grimaced as he grounded a ball to second base, and he did not attempt to run to first at all. Oh, I saw that. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I saw that. Yeah, so I didn't know exactly. It was a little interesting kind of way it looked. It seemed like something kind of was tweaked even before he got out of the box, right? He didn't even, mm -hmm. he didn't even really, yeah. I don't know, that was that was bizarre. I don't want to, I don't want to jump on what, so, well, what could that be if they're saying something to do with his hip on the rotation? Um yeah, that's that's kind of like a strange thing to happen out of the blue. I don't know. Does he have a history of anything up in the hip that we've know we know about? I don't believe so. I mean, he's been fairly healthy for the most part. Yeah, I, I would say no, based on yeah. what I know. 
Yes. One thing that comes to mind is a sports hernia, uh, something in the, you know, in the groin. So we want to keep a a lookout for that groin injuries. And that's remember connected to the hip. So we want to see if that has anything to do with it. Uh, you know, position players do get that kind of thing. So we got to stay tuned. Maybe then next week we got more on that. Sorry. Hey, that's fine. You can't know everything at all times. And this is a fresh one. This is like the freshest one on the list for the most part. Uh, Glyber Torres, he injured his left thumb while sliding. Classic. A classic thumb injury while sliding. He needs an MRI, so we don't know how bad it's going to be yet. All right, so let's go into the majority of what these end up being. So when you're sliding into the bag head first, right? And yep. you're catching the bag. We call it we call it goalkeeper's thumb or skier's thumb, the ski poles. And the thumb bends this way. There's a ligament in your thumb right in the let's see, how do I show? Oh it? yeah. I to- yeah. I tore this one back in yeah, 2009. I remember, I remember you told me that. So there's a thumb here called your UCL just like you have in your elbow. Yeah. Lateral ligament. Yeah, so when you're sliding and that thumb pulls down, it could stretch that ligament out and we do see quite a we do see quite a bit of UCL thumb injuries in baseball. They can take a while for, uh, depending on the hand and depending on what we got going, usually position players, of course. Um, these can be pretty protracted rehabs if they end up being a full tear. They do surgery to sometimes reconstruct the ligament. Other times when a partial tear is there, um, it's it could be anywhere from a few weeks to longer. But they can be, they can be problematic. They can be kind of, Kind of long. They're not things that you'll hear about years later, usually, but uh, they they do kind of hamstring players. They do kind of affect them for a little bit. So could be something that screws them up for the rest of the year. No doubt about that. I remember when I tore that one, and I was at the University of Michigan at the time as a student, so <laughs> I had to use the student services. Uh, you know, University of Michigan Hospital. It's actually one of the finest hospitals. Probably really good. Yeah. yeah, in the Midwest. But the student services part... It's really just like a clinic, so it's not as sure. great as the hospital. But I was able to get an ultrasound from them. That's the best they could offer me. And, yeah, I ended up tearing it. And I, I was playing in a band back then, too, so I, I had a cast on for about six weeks. I remember that. I made Earning the best your, of it. Yeah, there you go. You're on your little, your little battle scars. But uh, the MRI will show the extent of the tear and uh, for plan of action, course of action planning, and hopefully – for Glabar's sake, it's not fully torn. He doesn't need a surgery or anything like that. There's only there's usually a select few hand surgeons that are pretty good at doing this. So they usually the outcomes are pretty solid and, and all that kind of thing. But uh hopefully it's not a full thickness tear and he could rehab that and get back sooner or later. But anyway. A bummer. Was. He was having a great second half. He had a terrible first half, but he was really turning it up in the second half. He was stealing more bases too, and maybe this is a result of that. He really was running yeah. a lot more and yeah. Maybe he'll learn a lesson. And, Maybe I don't know if he's wearing the, the yeah. oven mitt or not. We were just talking about that a few times ago. And and yeah, that's getting more common for them to wear. So I'm sure you'll see more and more play. Or they, they use um, Evo shields. They mold it to their wrists. So uh, the thumbs. So most of these guys are wearing something of that nature that are stealing a lot. So now he will be. Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar will be. We're live here with Dr. David Meyer talking about injuries every Monday here at the trainer's table. This is what we do. If you like what you hear and you like what you see, please follow us. Follow him at Injured to Elite, Blossom Podcast, and sub the YouTube channel. What do you like about the show? Have you never seen the show? Is there something you'd like us to talk about more frequently? Drop it in the live stream comments. Drop it on any comments. DM us. DM David. DM me. It's always available. Araldus Chapman's got left elbow inflammation. Hmm, he's yeah. on the IL right now. Yeah. Yeah, Chapman's been one of those players that we've 
obviously been talking a lot about over the years with different things coming up. He, he's gone through an interesting few year period. Um, I, what was the major injury he had kind of in the middle of a few of those things? Do you remember? Ooh, maybe he had a shoulder injury. Oh, well, yeah. I'll have to double check that. Yeah, there I mean, were. He's been few. pretty durable a lot of the a lot of his career for the most part. Yeah. Um. So left elbow inflammation. You know, this part of the season. What? When did he go down the, the aisle? This just happened. Yeah, over the weekend. And what did he throw? But, what, what was the outing? Uh, he. I think he got a save. He had been. See, he had a terrible July where he absolutely fell apart completely, and they removed him from the role briefly. But now he's come back and he had several saves and he was pitching much better. But now he's going on the IL. So I don't know how that all tracks. Mm. If this started last month and he tried to get through it and then got better again, but now he's on the IL? I, I don't know. It seems strange. We, that we, it get like that. This is, uh, we talked about a player uh, a few weeks ago. Who was it? Not, um, there was a similar situation we were talking about with a player that was struggling and then coming out of it and, and then came up with an injury. And we were talking about how that was, you know, in those situations, they, they might come off as more, legitimate or more concerning because they were they're not trying to take time off i i would think that oh mookie bets we were talking about mookie bets that's what it was right i i would say that's concerning that maybe something was bugging him before something was going on there and he's trying to work through it and when mechanics shift around and players are struggling and of course the mental load there maybe he's trying something different working different pitches that's um that's that inconsistency right there is usually pretty pretty concerning there. So I, yeah, I mean it, it, it it's at that point usually in that point of their careers when they're like think of a um, a Kershaw he struggled on and off quite a bit for a while. A lot of those players are able to kind of work through things, bounce back and forth. Unlike rookies, players early in their career, you you see them come up and then they go missing for a while. So it's hard to say you know is he going to go down. And we're not going to see him for a long time. He's so, you know, he's a veteran. So there's a good possibility that he figures out a way to manage whatever might be going on. But whenever we see elbow inflammation, a lot of times that's code word for either a partial tear um, or a strain. And either of those situations are very legitimate injuries. So, I, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably had that stuff going on for a while. The kind of velocity he's gotten. It's probably yeah, he's been, th- been throwing gas for 11 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he had a save on Thursday, and his last three appearances, he got the save, didn't give up any earned runs in it, all three of them, and now so he's maybe, on the aisle. Yeah, so and there's an uptick in how much volume he's got out there. Maybe they saw that you know he's coming back hot. The guy is a high-load dude. I don't know. I don't know. Let's Let's also kind of see how that plays out and see what the plan, what they – come out and say about what the plan is there. If you start hearing about further tests and things like that and shut down, I'd be pretty concerned that they're suspicious. If it's more of something where they say, yeah, we're just giving him a few days kind of thing. And uh, he's not really shutting down much. I wouldn't be as concerned. Yeah. No structural damage from the MRI. So we do know that. So that's good news, but yeah, let's see what happens here. Um, All right. So they have playoff playoff aspirations. So maybe they want to give him a rest. I'm going to I'm going to go the majority of me is thinking towards that with what we know here. Okay. Good call there. Oh, all this Chapman, man, he throws gas. Fernando Tatis, speaking of gas, that guy runs like the wind. He is an amazing player. But this left shoulder subluxion has been a devastator 
subluxation? Is that you how we say it? it? You got it. Nice correct. Oh, okay. Thank you. And they're going to say that if he comes back now, he's going to play outfield. No more shortstop. Will this be better for him or no? I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's kind of interesting. We see plenty of dislocations happening. In the yeah, what if he runs into, yeah. What if he yeah. runs into a wall like Byron Buxton always does? Look, in terms of reps, you're getting more reps at shortstop. So there's going to be more points of contact. There's going to be more diving for balls for sure. Still at shortstop. That's going to affect that. So it's not that he's not going to be prone to being in that situation in the outfield. He certainly will, but it's going to affect them as a team less because the ball is not is likely there's going to be less plays. So yeah. I think that's what they're looking at. But uh, again, could be an off season surgery. I still stick to that, that thinking there. Amazing. I mean, it's got to be so painful, but the dude, the warrior and the amount of stats I've said this before, but if you look at the stats, the per game basis, and even what he's done, he's bordering on like a 30, 30 season at a much shorter sample size. Incredible, incredible talented player. They want him to play. Yeah, yeah, they do. It, I said this when it happened again. Every, this is the third time this has happened this season where he's had to go on the IL for this. And I, every time he comes back within basically the 10 days, max like 12, 13. You're going to see, him, I, see him have a surgery in the offseason, my guess is, and you're going to see him keep working through it for the rest of the year. Okay. Juan Soto, right knee contusion. Um, I mean, is that's a bruise, basically. Isn't it like a, a bruise on yeah. the bone or no? Did we see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we see anything happen in the in the game or any kind of point of impact? Now he hadn't started since Thursday, and he pinch hit on Saturday. So as far as we know, the the MRI came back clean. So it's it looks like uh, he probably just took a he took a shot, and I'm not sure exactly what the shot was on that in that event. He might have hit, got hit by the ball. Yeah, we're seeing that quite a bit, right? With these um, these players going in and pinch hitting around that time when they got these little things. We saw that with, uh, was it Jeff McNeil and stuff? Yeah, I mean, again, contusion, something like that. Yes, it's a bone bruise. Uh, usually you see from fouling off themselves or, uh, you know, hitting into something on the field, just inflammation around the bone could be sore. Uh, sometimes it impacts performance. A lot of times players are playing with these contusions all the time, so very low usually on the concerning list when i see something like that in the knee though uh you know that could obviously affect performance especially if it's his kneecap his patella he, he felt something so according to general uh, nationals manager davy martinez soto felt something in his knee while he was scoring a run in the ninth inning of the phillies game last thursday so that's how it happened so running a knee contusion while running yeah so usually not so much what we would see and in that situation, it, uh, we're thinking, well, we're thinking of what, what's, what's conducing or what's banging around there is the kneecap kind of, uh, is there something going on with the kneecap in alignment? Is there yeah. a ligament issue inside the joint? Um, are they just using the word contusion to be cautious with something else going on. So if he was running in that, that doesn't fit the pattern of this. So, you know, we think in that situation that there's, there's obviously something that we're not fully on the up and up with there in that, in that case. So yeah. Razor. Yeah. Eyebrow. That doesn't, that doesn't pass the smell test. I don't know. But, what's But at the same, at the same uh, time, a player like that hard, hard, you know, player, it's very possible that he tweaks something and it, it just, is going to fully recover and be not a problem at all. So yes, especially. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Justin Turner was removed from Sunday's game with third inning at the third inning with uh, left groin discomfort. But he, is- I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's funny doing this because when I, when I was working for the team and they would come in, I get to actually examine them. This situation. <laughs> I mean, at least we can we can talk about the terms, right, and and what we can make of it. Go ahead. Left groin tightness. He might sit out for a few days. So it sounds like maybe he just tweaked his groin. I don't Turner? think it's anything crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's also an yeah. old man. So. Yeah. Turn again, you know, Turner's a veteran. Turner's been through the ringer. The guy's playing hard. And uh, who knows, you know, World Series of- aspirations clearly for the Dodgers. Yeah. So, I mean, when you see these types of things, right? Like, how long has Justin Turner felt soreness in his groin before? <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. They might be more cautious because they do want to make a playoff run and they do need him. He's a he's a veteran clutch bat. He always has been. For them, so we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, I like that. Boba has got shin contusions. Now, uh, apparently he's got a couple of them in his shins, so it's not just one. I wasn't actually clear on how it happened, but it certainly is uncomfortable for him at this time. Yeah, so they're using this word contusion a lot. That seems to be in vogue. Yeah. Uh, what are, <laughs> You're I'm right. just, you know, I'm just going to go with what we would think in these situations. One, shin splints, quote unquote, shin splints, or uh, medial tibial stress syndrome, MTSS is what the fancy way of what we call it. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have felt shin splints when they were maybe growing up or currently still when they run. And that's essentially just a lot of times related to either mechanics, pronated feet, flatter feet uh, sometimes lead to that, uh, poor stability there. Um, and then you think of just, you know, is he fouling a ton off? Is he really just fouling the ball off his shins a lot and he's not wearing a shin guard? I I don't know. I would think that it's probably more related to like a shin splint type of thing, which, which can kind of plague players earlier in their careers a lot of times. And that's usually like something players play through, maybe just load management, that kind of thing, figure out what kind of cleat he's got to wear or insert in his cleat, that type of stuff, you know, kind of overuse injury. Ooh, mama. That's how it goes. That was his first missed game of the season. He did not miss a game all year. So, so there you go. Probably, probably must have been in pain. Right. Probably going to be. This one, yeah. Th- this one's obvious. Kyle Schwarber set back in his hamstring issue due to groin tightness. This is a classic case where you overcompensate with one thing for another, right? Yeah. So, again, people have have heard so much about hamstring stuff and the fact that they take so long look at that again set back in the hamstring so again this is a big muscle that slows us down just like the rotator cuff on our shoulder i keep on talking about this and they're not easy quick rehabs and to get that strength back it takes a year two years of a program sometimes to really because think about it every time you go out there you're playing you're stressing the hamstring right and then you're training the hamstring Maybe you're not taking time off. Maybe you're still trying to work back. It's it, these things are kind of work in progress, kind of rehabs, and hmm. we see it come back and back and back and back because they are. It's like rehabbing a house. It takes a long time with these quads <laughs> and hamstrings. It's not. It's not like these contusions. It's not like these other things we were just talking about earlier in the list. So that's why they. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they take time. They take longer than almost we always think. So true. So true. Working on the hammy. Now you got groin issues. Classic. And they're all connected. They're all connected. They're obviously exactly. close real estate there. But, you know, and some of them are even arguably considered part of the hamstring muscle, the groin muscles. So it's all in the ballpark there. 
We're plowing through it, 30 minutes or less, with Dr. David M. Meyer here at the Trainer's Table. We're talking about injuries, trying to give you guys some insight, help you a little bit, make some choices for your lineup, so on and so forth, in the world of fantasy baseball, and maybe learn something about injuries along the way and how things work. David's got a lot of experience. Follow him at Injured to Elite, Twitter, Instagram, all your favorite social media platforms, and his podcast, Injured to Elite, is fantastic. It's one of the most underrated podcasts in the business. Get over there, start listening, sub it, rate it, five stars on Apple Podcasts, and tell people why it's so awesome. Shane Bieber threw from 100 feet. Returning from this right shoulder strain, now he's been out since basically the gunk, when the gunk got thrown out of baseball, that was way back in June, late June, so I thought maybe it was a little bit of conspiracy theory, but whatever, we'll go with this, he's throwing from 100 feet now with the right shoulder strain, how far away would he be if he's throwing from 100 feet right now? From a mound, you mean? I believe it was just throwing from 100 feet, not even a mound work. No, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying. Oh, from pitching. Yeah, so. Like possible rehab. Yeah. Um, when a, when I had a player getting getting to that point, not surgical, to 100 feet, now we're going into the long toss phase. We're building up volume between 90 and 100. It's an interesting interval to see 100. But anyway, um, he's still at, le- at the very minimum, we get them to 120 usually, to 150. They don't have to go further than that into long toss. So they can build up volume 100, 120, and then start doing some work on a mound. Then the mound is going to take some time. A general rule of thumb we used to use was as much time as they missed, they'd need that much time in a program. So the mound progression still is a pretty lengthy amount of time, several weeks of building back up on that mound. So he still has uh, quite a ways to build up. So the next interval would be 120, 150 feet, a mound catch, just playing catch on a mound. And then after that, a light bullpen. And then at that point, if they're feeling good because they didn't have surgery, there's no new tissue to adapt to any load or or repair tissue, I should say. They can go quicker, but they still have to go through all those steps and need the recovery in between. So that's several weeks, if not a month, just blindly talking about away. Still, you know, still has a lot of steps. Why, why did they come up with 120 feet? Was that like scientifically broken down? Was there data to support that? Or was it just kind of like an arbitrary thing that came out over the years? It's a great question. Um, I think for the most part, we just, it's pretty arbitrary. But when we think about distances and what you're throwing from on a mound, um, we kind of base it around the demands of where they're throwing from. So when you think of a pitcher, a lot of the pitchers like to do some level of long toss. And if you look at the sweet spot, when players are going past 200, I think you see the bell curve where less and less players are comfortable there. And when you see players under 120 feet, a lot of players don't feel like they get enough load on their arm to build up that arm strength. So I think it's it's um, habitual based on the players where they feel comfortable throwing and nothing really more than that. There, you know, There is data. They're collecting a lot of data. But the data now is not so much just distance. It's about the different amount of total body load uh, in, in general at, at, at all kinds of distances. And they see after 120 that mechanics drop off. So there's a good amount out of uh, Glenn Fleissig is the big researcher out of Andrews Institute. He did a lot of work that shows that mechanics start to suffer after like, I, don't quote me, it's around 120, 150 feet that the mechanics start going down. So you think about, all right, how extended are we going to go? 90 to 120. So I just a general art of it for me, I always felt comfortable around that 120 mark for a player to build up some volume. Then they walk in and then they start throwing with some more gas on it. And uh, then you could do a flat ground then the mound catch. Yeah, but uh, it's it's still pretty subjective to answer your question. 
asked, yeah, I always kind of wondered about that, and I never really got to ask that question. So that's wild stuff, folks. Uh, that'll pretty much do it here. There's more injuries, and there's always going to be more injuries. We could we could get through it. Let's let's get through some more. We got some. All time. right, I, I like your style, dude. Jose Urquidy through bullpen session. Uh, he's been out with shoulder discomfort for a while, so who the hell knows what that means? But a bullpen session is positive, but still a ways away, possibly. Yeah, so he's a few weeks closer, maybe a week and a half closer than the last player we're talking about, right? So if things are feeling good, then you should see that trajectory where he's getting towards a live BP and, you know, at that point working in a rehab game or something like that. So it could be pretty close. Uh, But, you know, there's a big difference between that throwing at 100 feet to actually translating to the mound. A lot of players feel fine playing catch and not until they go on a mound where they feel soreness in the shoulder. It's very common. So, yeah. Wow. See, this is the kind of stuff you're getting here with Dr. David Meyer. Make sure you're following him. Do you want the information or you just want to blindly go through life trying to make the best guess on injuries? I don't think so. Byron Buxton, though, that's not something we need to be blind about. It's very obvious he's injury prone. He's probably one of the most injury prone players of all time. Yet he's so talented that no one's going to give up on him. Fractured left hand. He had a boxer's fracture. That was a new term for me a while ago. But he completed a week of batting practice this past week. It was successful. So we're on to the next phase. Yep. So that that uh, basically that bone and the, the hand, which connects to the fingers from the wrist, uh, metacarpals should be healing fine after a boxer's fracture, the fifth ray here, and um, shouldn't have any problems. Should Should heal up pretty nicely and see an upward trajectory player not common but we do see them in baseball for sure (laughs) i wonder what the next injury we'll be talking about with related to byron buxton is i have no idea but it's gonna be something it's just how it is man i feel bad for the guy he got off to such a torrid start in april he hit 10 home runs in his first 100 at bats and it's like oh here he comes the mvp is finally here but nope he's had two injuries this season already yeah unreal play more (sighs) hurt more but luis robert is back today After many months out, some people said he would have been out for the whole year, but he is back today on August 9th from a right hip flexor tear. What should we look for here with Robert as he comes back and plays Major League Baseball again after a hip flexor tear? When was he, uh, when did he go out? Oh, God, this is back in April. This is early. Yeah, this is a while ago. And just conservative management, right? Just kind of rehabbed it, you were saying? Yeah, as far as I know, there was no surgery. And they, yeah. that's why they thought he would have to have surgery and be out for the season. But uh, he yeah. he's young. I don't know. Maybe he bounced back resilience and uh, was able to rehab. So you definitely want to see what he's looking like running and, and you know, how is he running out ground balls, things of that nature. Uh, position player, yes. Um, yeah, he's an outfielder. Yeah, outfielder. You want to see how he's moving around out there. Does he, you know, trust your eyes there? Does something look off Does after a few games out there? And if it looks pretty comfortable, looks at ease, uh, then, you know, maybe he did his work, but it's only a few months. It could be something that affects the chain, but you want to look specifically how he, what kind of intensity are you seeing on the base paths? They might let him ease back into it. I don't know, but um, a lot of times that hip drive can affect him with the hip flexor. So that ability to really, you know, generate force into the ground. A lot of times they feel like they lose a step or so which sometimes if, if speed isn't the player's game, then it doesn't really necessarily matter as much. That's a huge part. I mean, this is a 30-30 guy potentially, so speed right. is a huge part of his game. Speed-power combo, amazing talents, and he's shown a lot. He's still very young, so it happened on May 2nd to be tactical, but that was many months ago. So Yeah, so you might not see him 
taking a lot of bags the rest of the year. You might just see him get his legs back under him and just work back towards that, especially as a younger player. Well, his teammate, Yasmani Grandel, we already talked about him on the show before because we didn't know what exactly the tendon was that he tore. Yeah. They won't tell did us. We get, did we get now, it? I, Anything? I still don't know, man. I looked around, and they're keeping a pretty tight lid on it. But uh, whatever yeah. that tendon well, is, he's running now. So, so, we, so Yeah, so we definitely know now that this is the trend in baseball where they're not – their contusions, torn tendons, we're not getting a lot from them. And that's why this conversation is not very easy. <laughs> but the torn tendon, it could be – Again, patellar tendon, quad tendon. That's really the two areas. And those are kind of bigger injuries. So, um, but they can heal, they can rehab, all that kind of stuff. So, um, a running program, you said he's on a running program or he's already back? Yeah. He's been running around, but he has not. I mean, maybe, maybe he might hit rehab soon. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So, I would generally speaking, running programs are not nearly as long as a throwing program, right? So they can go through a nice base running progression over a week, two weeks, a little longer, depending on what it is. And once they're through that base running progression, then we generally would clear them to play. But what you see in the, in the lower extremities, whether it's a quad hamstring tendon, you see what you get interesting when it gets interesting is the number of reps they're getting at the plate in these rehab games. So is it one at bat? Fine. They run the bases once or twice. It's when we see them getting on the base pads four or five, you know, four times in a game, how they're looking. And then sometimes we see up oh, now he tweaked it. So a lot of times you want to try and see what happens when the player gets a lot of that higher volume in the rehab assignments up there. And uh, he's a little bit older, but he's not too old. I mean, he's a catcher. So They'd be cautious, but he's a vet. He's He knows what he's doing, and I'm sure they're handling it with their eyes on the prize. They're 10 games up in their division, too. The White Sox are definitely going to the playoffs, barring some epic meltdown, because the Tigers are going to overtake him, and that's not going to happen, even though I'd love to see that. But the Tigers, you know, they've had an amazing season. I can't believe they're six games under 500. That blows my mind with the squad they have. So, Miles Mikolas. Did you ever uh, encounter Mr. Mikolas? I know he came in 2018 to the Cardinals, so I don't yeah. know. He missed me. He was a vet. He was an old man already. So right. he kind of he went to the. I think he played in Korea, and then he yeah. came back over here. I missed him. I was uh, 2017 was the last year with the Cards. So uh, ah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't get. Well, to he's me. had a forearm issues here for the last like three years now. He comes back in 2018, throws 200 innings, has an amazing under three ERA, and ever since then he had a bad season in 2019, and he's just been injured perpetually with the same forearm tightness. It, I don't believe. I don't even know if you ever got the TJ surgery or not, but we're here again, and he's rehabbing. Could we really expect this guy to actually pitch on the mound for the Cardinals for the rest of the season, or even like a month? So he's pitching a rehab start. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and they're using him at this point as a starter. Yeah. So the Cardinals have so much depth usually pitching, so I don't know exactly what their plans are. I, 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 I can, you know, this time of year in August they could be getting to that point of trying to have the player just complete a rehab assignment to be able to kind of put a bow on the rehab process, come back strong. I, I don't know what is what the future looks like with him. And, and I don't know if he had a one year, two year, I don't know what his deal is, but you know, for this year, obviously, unless he was coming out of the bullpen, seeing him start a game, is probably uh what, what, what are the Cardinals looking like in terms of playoffs? Nope. 
Yeah, they're out, right? Nah, so, they're a, just a 500 team. They're not yeah. awful. They're not good. They're yeah. unusual. But they, Nicholas had, he didn't have Tommy John. He had a surgery to his tendon mm. in his elbow. So he, had a, he had a flexor pronator repair, most likely. Yeah, right so, flexor tendon was uh, went surgery uh, late last year. So he comes back for 2021 thinking maybe he's ready to go, but he's been, he pitched one game this year and he has not been able to pitch beyond that. So I want to take a uh, just a quick moment. This is a, very highlighted area of baseball injuries. So you have your UCL, your Tommy John ligament, you have your flexor pronators, you have your ulnar nerve, right? Those are the three. And then you have the bones. Okay. So these are the four areas that we really think about the ligament, Tommy John, the flexor pronator, the muscle the strain stuff, right? The nerve, the ulnar nerve and the bone. Okay. These are the four areas that we see injuries happen to a lot of times underlying all those other things, nerve, flexor pronator, muscle stuff is instability of that ligament. Sometimes the ligament looks fine on an MRI, but could still be on, it could still be stretched out, especially in an older pitcher. So it's very possible that flexor pronator tendon muscle overworks to compensate, to keep it stable. When there's looseness in that ligament, even if the ligament's not fully torn, a lot of times it's not. At his point in his career, he's probably not looking to have TJ and so that's kind of where my head goes there. And then seeing what's happened, you ask yourself, well, he having that longstanding history of it, it, excuse me, A, did he need Tommy John? Did he need a reconstruction? Does he still have instability? Or B, is his elbow just got that type of miles on it where either he's got to adjust mechanics, he's got to adjust his overall everything or he's going to be continuing to he's going to continue to feel you know to be where he's at so um it's uncommon to see flexor prone it's less common to see flexor pronators alone without the ligament a lot of times they're in conjunction so could be some instability in that elbow that's leading to continued symptoms oh wow that is really interesting stuff uh his last Rehab outing, he threw four and two-thirds innings of one-run ball across 67 pitches. That was on August 4th, so this was that past week. And and the other thing is, remember, like, for a pitcher, feeling elbow pain is very concerning. So it could also be he had the surgery, he felt pain, and he's quite concerned about what he's feeling. And the truth is, whether it's scar tissue, just normal pain in the elbow, a lot of times these things the player feels, and it, and it could, and the team hears about, and they want to be cautious. So... Uh, you know, just the presence of pain or soreness doesn't necessarily mean that he's off track or anything, but towards this end of the year, you know, not going to be a high contributor. I don't think in terms of a starting role. Wow. That is fantastic stuff. Uh, we'll leave it there. That's perfect ending. I right. thought that was really useful. The four areas of the elbow. I'm going to see, I'm going to work more on that because that is the kind of information you get on this show with David Meyer. He's so good. What do I have to do to tell you guys this? What else? Do you got? How can I prove it to you that this guy is a, Worthy of your time. David, what's coming up on the podcast soon? What's next? Yeah, um, I had a dentist come on to talk about impaired mouth syndrome, which a lot of people who suffer from sleep apnea, they, you need to listen to this one. It's, it's just posted Ooh. live today. And if you're not breathing well, it, it, the name of his book is Six Foot Tiger, Three Foot Cage. So imagine that, right? So you, your tongue is the six foot tiger and your mouth is that three foot cage. So if you're not breathing well at night, no matter what your ache, your pain is, whatever it is, you're not recovering. You're not, you're not getting oxygen to your body. So you should check that out. Listen to what he's got to say. Um, I got 
the bearded balance program coming up next week. Balance is so key. And actually my colleague who works for the Cardinals, James Spencer, he is now integrating a lot of balance work, really high level integrated balance work with pitchers actually. And which is really fascinating because we always knew that balance was an issue and led to elbow injuries and Tommy John, but we didn't really, we just, you know, put them on one leg, had them reach for things, but we weren't really treating the balance element at this higher, higher level, putting their feet on different surfaces and stuff. So you're going to start seeing more and more of this. You know, it's funny. I remember seeing Rick Reed of the Mets. I think it was Rick Reed when I was in spring training in St. Lucie back when I was like 13, standing on a balance beam in spring training. And I was like watching him stand. I still remember this. And I'm like, what the heck is he doing? And so uh, that's one of the keys. We'll, we'll have them come. We're recorded the episode. It's going live next Monday. So please, everybody check it out. The podcast has had Daniel Bard come on, Matt Holiday, some, some big name guests, Ryan Sheriff, a lot of minor league ball players. Uh, just, you know, circle through the episodes. You'll find some good baseball ones, mental skills coaches from the Diamondbacks, um, a lot of baseball content. So check it out. Awesome. That is so cool. I love it. I mean, Sheriff is getting some more run lately since they traded away Diego Castillo. So he's definitely Sheriff, involved in that bullpen right now. He got a save last week. Sheriff is has turned it he's battled this year and you know he he went through some stuff. Listen to the Sheriff episode. Sheriff talks about kind of, you know, growing up in Culver City. He was never he was never a top round guy or any didn't really get him crazy looks and he's always kind of had a chip on his shoulder with that. Sheriff and I got really close. He injured his knee when he was with the cards and we hated each other at first and we became really close. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because, uh, so yeah, check that episode out. I think you'll enjoy that. I'm, I'm really happy seeing that he's, he's still there and he's contributing. And sometimes that's all you need to be doing. Yeah, he's closing out games for a World <laughs> Series contender, dude. Seriously, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, good amazing. Good for, good for him. All right, please check out everything. God, I'm going to listen to the... That breathing thing to me is I Check do have a I have a sleep apnea machine. Uh, they said stuff that my mouth, my tongue was blocking my airways. That's so what that it is. is. So so what Dr. Liao basically discovered was okay, you can be on the CPAP machine and they have sleep studies and all that in, stuff. Right. It wasn't about being how heavy I was necessarily, which can your, contribute, but it's not always about that. Your jaw, literally the shape of your jaw. So he calls it the Liao sign. So if you look from the side and he looks to see if you have an underbite, overbite. And yeah, you don't have it. Yeah, your your upper lip is actually behind your bottom lip. So what he found was the, <laughs> the jaw size, right? So your jaw might be too small. And he uses a um, he uses a uh, a, a, a uh, what do you call it? like a, a device? He calls it a uh, epigenetic oral device. Device you sleep with it, and it expands your jaw. Your jaw could still grow even as an adult. So he basically works to get the jaw to open up. And as that jaw opens up, we open up that three foot cage. I'm giving you the whole episode away, but uh, open up the three foot cage. Yeah. Open up your damn airway. You know, airway is a matter of life and death. So like you were talking about that player before, um, people out there that have any kind of ache or pain, anything, if you're, if you're not thinking about how you're breathing and stuff, cause you know, my yeah. podcast, I talk a crap load about mindfulness, meditation, you baseball, fantasy baseball players, I don't know how much you guys want to hear about me talking about Oh, my- no. They need that. There's a lot of thoughtful dudes in our community and Good. women and everybody in between. Good. So there's no doubt about it. It's useful. And, you know, it's funny I have such a small mouth because I'm so loud. You know, it's never <laughs> made sense to me. Very, weird. Very entertaining, true. Matt. Your mouth serves you well. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. 
I need to recover like everybody else. So thank you, David. God, that's really good stuff. I'm going to check all that out. You guys should check it out. Follow David, Injured to Elite. Follow us, Palazzo Podcast, ProtonMail.com, Palazzo Podcast, 2 L's, 2 Z's. Utah. That's Give it. Me too. There it is. The Trainer's Table, another Monday edition. Everybody thank Mr. David Meyer. The best in the business. Catch you guys later. Pleasure. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.